I came in and I said, it's back. And they said, it wasn't gone. But it was too, I promise. Um, I'm not hooking this to me today because girls don't always wear waistbands that stay where they should. So this could actually turn out to be ugly. So I'm just going to hold it in my hand if that's okay with you. Um, rather, you underestimate my, underestimate my ability to keep people awake. I'm telling you, teach third graders. He doesn't, he's completely <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh my word, bless his heart, he's shoveling the caffeine anyway. Um, today I'm doing part two of prayer. Um, I chose to break this into two parts because it was just too much to do all in one week. So I'm going to wrap this up today. Um, last week we talked about where and how to pray. And Jesus realized after he spoke those four important verses, um, I think he stopped and probably said, I don't think they get it yet. So like a good teacher, he then modeled how to pray. Um, and he gave us this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and I'm sure you've heard it um, almost no matter what denomination you're raised in. Um, of Christianity, you've probably heard or used the Lord's Prayer at some point. Um, it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so forth. Um, the, the denomination that I was raised in used this as a pattern, and we prayed it um, not, not over and over again, but we prayed it each Sunday, um, which I think is valuable. Um, but Today I want to show you how to use this more as a pattern for your personal prayer, not as something that we repeat, because I think that actually goes against what the Lord was trying to teach us. I think he was trying to teach us to be kind of spontaneous and personal in our prayers. And so I want to try to bring in that aspect today. Um, when he said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, after this manner can also be translated or um, understood to be in this way or like this, with this prayer in mind, similarly, thinking about this or along these lines. Okay, so he really wasn't intending for us to repeat this as a prayer every morning, but more or less to use this and to keep it in mind when we pray. Keep the, the, the sort of, um, lost my train of thought, the, the pattern in mind. Go ahead. All right. So as I studied this, I realized there are a lot of ways to slice the Lord's Prayer, a lot of ways to look at it. Um, and one way is our relationship to God. Our Father is the father-child relationship. Hallowed be thy name is the deity or God in the worshiper relationship. Thy kingdom come, the sovereign in the subject relationship. But I didn't choose to use this today because to me, Although this is valuable, it doesn't really help me pray the prayer, if you know what I mean. Another way is to look at the spirit and the attitude of prayer through the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. Submission. An attitude of submission. Give us this day our daily bread. An attitude of dependence on God. Forgive us our debts. An attitude of repentance. A spirit of repentance. And although I found this to be valuable, I still chose not to elaborate on this today. Another way was to look at it as the three purposes of prayer, to hallow God's name, to bring in his kingdom, and to do his will, which I thought was also a valuable thing. Um, and then the way that I've actually seen it done most times, and I know this probably isn't exactly what you've seen, 
um, but is to use it kind of as a prayer map and to take the, the subject and then expound upon that. For example, to start your prayer with worship and adoration, to then go into a petitioning of um, asking for God's things, thy kingdom come, and then for our human things, um, give us this day our daily bread. And then to ask for forgiveness and protection and then to finish with praise. Has anybody heard this lesson before? Okay, most people have. Um, but what I chose to do is what I use the Lord's Prayer for in my prayer time is, and to, is to use each phrase as a prompt and to expand upon that praise, which may not be too different from the one we just saw. But it's easier for me um, to start with something and then to expound upon that rather than to just kneel and say okay now it's time to worship that that can be kind of hard sometimes the words aren't there so if you start with a prompt or a phrase sometimes it can get you kind of going and then you can use other scriptures and your own thoughts and feelings um, let me just start by saying I am not an expert and it really is very humbling to stand in front of this group because I feel like um, that I'm the last in the race, probably, towards the throne. Um, and it, it's very humbling to study out these scriptures and then to stand up in front of a group of people and try to share your heart. So please bear with me and please do not take this as, I, I guess a teacher sometimes assumes the role of an authority figure. And please don't put me in that role. Put, I want to be a messenger today in a vessel, but not an authority. Okay, so the first section of the Lord's Prayer is our Father. And if you look at Galatians 4, 6 through 7, it says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. Our Father, you are his child, and you carry his genes. These are things to think about as you pray this. You have the right to pray to him for help and direction. Nobody has a right to go to my dad and ask for money except for me. <laughs> but you have that right to go to the Lord. You have direct access to him through the blood. And he has the authority over your life as a parent would over a child. It's where we lose it in Christianity, authority issue. This is some things to pray. Father, I submit to you. My Father, chastise me as a child whom you love. Build your character in me. Let me have the mind of Christ and keep your eye on me. So many times, you know, I was separated from my Father, but he was there keeping an eye on me. Not that we're separate from the Lord, but these are things to pray as you. I want the, what, I, what my goal was today was to provide some triggers for you. So that when you're going through in prayer, and this can be helpful when you're stuck in a no rut. Anybody been in a prayer rut? All right, a few of us. Um, this can be something to pull out on those days. There's days when the words are your own and you don't need any help. Um, but these can be some things to kind of get you going. Which art in heaven, the second part. Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts in your thoughts. Isaiah 65 and 2, I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walked in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. The Lord is in heaven and we want his thoughts. When you 
when you daily lift up God's priorities, which are in heaven, they will become your own. When you put yourself in that position, God, you are the one, you're, you're in heaven, I'm on earth, God's priorities become your own. When, by submitting to him in this way, we are allowing him to change us from the inside out. We are opening that door. So many times humans don't open that door. You know, you open the door when you got the Holy Ghost, but you keep it closed now. I, I know that was a Muslim, by the way. It's the only prayer that I, <laughs> I could find with somebody bowing down. I know that, which is actually kind of sad, but um, which are in heaven. These are some words you can use. You are high and lifted up. There's no one above you or even beside you. You sit alone on the throne in heaven and your thoughts and ways are higher than mine. These are steps that everybody, you skip this. Like, it's so easy to just say, Lord, I love you, forgive me, and now let's get to my list. <laughs> and these are important things, and they prepare you to be in that position as an intercessor. You have to submit yourself to the Lord before he can hear those prayers, or else we're trying to make our prayers so fancy that it will do the work. And I think Brother Juan was the one that preached on that last week. It's not our prayers. Hallowed be thy name, Malachi 1.11. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the, the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name in a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord. Hallow his name. Make his name holy in your life. We can't make it It is holy, but we can't make everyone accept the holiness. But we can say every day, Lord, it is holy to me. It's holy, it is hallowed to me. By his, accepting his name, all good things have come to us. Good things come through his name. Salvation, protection, provision, purpose, healing. The, the Bible says to ask it all in his name. And before you can ask it in his name, you have to recognize that it is holy. Everything I need is in the name. I declare that there is none None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I thank you for the power of your name. Steps that are so easy to skip, but when you slow down and think about each phrase, it is powerful. I mean, it is so powerful. I found myself while I was studying out, go ahead, this scripture and this lesson just finding myself worshiping and getting, I mean, you can't type those words without feeling it. You literally cannot type, I thank you for the power of your name without feeling something. Thy kingdom come, Matthew eleven twelve, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Um, the Greek word there, uh, basilia, kingdom, is not referring to geographical territory but to sovereignty and dominion. We want his sovereignty and dominion to be here on earth. And one day that will happen. Um, but in the meantime, we need to actually pray for that to happen. We're actually praying for the Lord's kingdom, which he reigns over, to be here on earth. The opposition in this present world, the opposition, excuse me, is this present world, which Satan rules over. So you may say, why do I need to pray for his kingdom to come? The church is here. Well, the opposition has not left. When God's kingdom actually comes to earth, the opposition will be gone. Satan will be bound. 
Um, we want the Lord to come back and establish his kingdom here on earth exactly like it is in heaven. So these are some things you can pray. Lord, I choose to serve you even though you have not yet established your kingdom here on earth. The Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, but today I choose, even though I don't have to, I choose to serve you. Um, these are some prayers. Advance your kingdom through me. Advance your kingdom through Sister Barkus, through Sister Janae. Help them to war against the evils of Satan's present kingdom. And Lord, push back the darkness here on earth and let there be a revival of your spirit before you come back. Our prayer should literally be for the earth to be as God's kingdom. We want it to be easy to be saved here. We want the kingdom of heaven to be pushed back and for God's spirit to reign here on earth, even though he has not yet bound the enemy. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is birthed on kingdom through his believers who do not conform and who allow themselves to be transformed in their minds. And that's what this scripture is really praying. God, don't, don't let me be conformed to this present world. I want to be transformed by your spirit. Our prayers can remove barriers, tear down walls, and defeat the opposition that tries to prevent God's will from, come, from taking place here on earth. There will be a day when God's kingdom is allowed to do whatever it wants here on earth. And some people say, well, why is there evil on the earth? How come God allows that to happen because it was set up like that? There, of course his power is strong enough to take care of all of that. But our prayers are the ones that actually tear down those walls. They remove all the opposition so that God's kingdom has a clear path to take, God's will. So, and this is the, the part of the prayer I believe that you really do get into an intercessory mode. Pray for his will in yourself, in your family, in your church, the pastor, the leadership, the flock, the harvest. Pray for his will in the nation. Amen? Scary today. The city, the state, national politics, and national spiritual leadership. When was the last time you prayed for Brother Haney? Or Brother Hal? Is it Brother Hal? Who says the missionaries? Those people that are in charge of making big decisions, we need to pray for them. They are under attack. International missions, pray for the missionaries, pray for open doors. Um, this is something that the Lord has specifically laid on my heart this year, I believe. I find myself in prayer a lot for missionaries, um, whether he ever chooses to send me. I feel a call to pray for those people. But even if I didn't, we still need to pray for all of those things. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Next part. Um, you'll notice the order here. You pray for others before you pray for yourself. And many times I've found my own prayers are much shorter for myself once I've lifted my faith to believe the same thing for someone else. It, it does, it, when you're within yourself, it feels unconquerable. But when you pray it for someone else, no big deal. God's in charge. No big deal. Um, so if you pray for others and reverse that order, it will significantly decrease your prayer time. No, I'm kidding. No, that, it, can be, it can be a good time, though. <laughs> You want to redeem the time, sisters, brothers. <laughs> I'm teasing. 
I'm teasing. But it does actually give you more time to pray for the things that need to be prayed for. Um, Philippians 4, 8, 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Um, three things that this prayer does, this, this phrase. This phrase acknowledges God as the giver, not the government, not your mom, not your dad. Um, it's God that does the giving. And it doesn't look too far forward, only today. And how hard is that? I get kind of nervous sometimes about retirement and all these things. The Lord just says, just today, just worry about today. We'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. And it's simple. I like the simplicity of this. Only bread. Not that I feel like you should only pray for bread. But, but God knows. He knows. You don't have to enumerate every single thing and list every single thing. He knows. He knows. Jesus, help me to remember that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Did I get that right? Yeah. You know my needs before I ask, even before I ask. You have promised to provide. And even if I don't see the answer right away, doesn't mean you haven't prepared it for me. Um, around, around Christmas, um, I was having some trouble with money. And I wrote in my journal, um, I need a miracle. I need you to do a miracle, Lord. I can't remember if I've shared this in this class. Um, and that Friday, I was sitting in chapel for CCS, and Brother Barkas was preaching. I can't even remember exactly what he was preaching on. I think maybe heaven. And he used the scripture, let not your heart be troubled. And as he spoke that scripture, someone came up beside me and handed me um, a piece of paper, just folded like this. And I I, you know, I opened it up. I thought it was a note about a student, and inside was a wad of bills for $400. $400. Oh, Lord. I, ha I mean, I, Brother Barkus, bless his heart, he just kept letting that altar service go on because I'm over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kids could have been, I don't even know what the kids were doing. They could have been crawling on the ceiling for all I know because I'm, you know, sobbing ugly. <laughs> And the, the note said, Jesus told me to give this to you for rent. Before I even prayed the prayer, he prepared that gift for me. It was so amazing. Um, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mr. Barkas, I think, is the one that preached this or taught this. Matthew 5, 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good. Pray for them. Don't skip those steps it's important because the outward part of it works on the inward when you can bless them and give to them outwardly eventually your heart's going to be changed ask god for forgiveness of your sins even the ones that you're not aware of there's there's so much we just don't know about ourselves forgive and release others from their debt to you and make up your mind to forgive others who sin against you or treat you badly Make up your mind in prayer that you're going to let that stuff go. I'm not even going to hang on to it for a minute where I have to struggle over forgiveness. And don't even let it get in your heart. Just be willing to forget it. Psalm 51 is one that I use here. Great scripture to pray if you feel that you can't find the words to repent. Um, actually take the time to pray for your enemies and those that have hurt you. I... I 
I find myself a lot just saying, God, I forgive them, or I, I'm going to forget about this. But I really do skip the step of praying for them. And that works something in your heart, I'm telling you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that ye may bear it. Um, this is a good place to put on the armor of God. We're asking for protection, deliverance from temptation, deliverance from evil. And I put this up not in the order that it's in the Bible, but I put it in the order that I tried to memorize it because it's easier for me to start at the head and then go to my feet. So I pray the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, loins girt about with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of, its, of his spirit. So it's a way that I don't have to be reading the scripture to take on those things. Um, how valuable are those things? My word. I just wonder what would happen if I prayed that every single morning. There's some mornings I don't. What would happen if I prayed that every morning? What would it protect me from? God, protect me from the evil plans of the enemy. Keep me from falling for temptation. I'm weak. Please keep me from falling. I set my will to choose to follow you today. Put a hedge of protection around me. Um, Psalm 91 is a good place to go here for when you're praying for protection. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. End your prayer with praise. It just releases the burden. Praise releases the burden. Allow the Holy Ghost to refresh you. Relax in the Lord. Sounds kind of silly, but just, lay, just sit there and, and just let it come. It doesn't, you don't have to be doing, doing, doing in prayer. You can just let it come. Meditate on his kingdom, the power, and the glory and be encouraged. That's encouraging stuff. My God's got it under control. He's the man. <laughs> Can't even say that and not feel stupid. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Isaiah 28, 12. This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. This is it. I read something one time that said you should spend equal amounts of time in intercession and in praise because that praise is your recovery time. It's when you're letting that burden come off of you. Um, and, you know, I don't, don't believe in equations there, but, you know, God can do it in a second. But allow yourself that time. Sometimes we feel like if we're going to pray for an hour, we should spend 58 minutes on intercession. One minute at the front for praise and one minute at the back. You can't stand like that. You weren't meant to be like that. God didn't make you a workhorse. His yoke is easy and his it's, it's not supposed to be hard. Let, let that refreshing come. There is one scripture after the Lord's Prayer, and it's what I chose to call the prayer deal breaker. Um, this one thing that we can do as Christians that can shut off the blessings of heaven and shake the effectiveness of everything that we do in prayer. It's the only point from the prayer that Jesus reiterated twice he said it, just to make sure we caught the importance. He said in Matthew 6, 14 to 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Um, 
the Lord spoke this to me um, a few months ago. And I, this, this thing in Job. And I went through, after that, a period of um, probably the driest I've ever been spiritually. This was just a few months ago. And I, I knew that this lesson was coming up. I saw my name on the schedule beside prayer, and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, you have to let this break. I don't know what the problem is. And it was one of those times when you, I, I really did not let go on the things that I was supposed to be doing. I mean, sometimes you can figure out the reason why it's happening and why, you, why you're feeling so dry, and I just couldn't figure it out. And I, I tried coming to him in every way that had always worked for me. I tried repentance. I thought, there's got to be something I don't see here. I've got to find what's hidden in me and get it out. So I tried that. I tried praise, because how many times have you heard it preached? Just praise your way out of it. You'll be fine. Um, I tried just fasting. I tried everything that I could come up with, and it, it just would not break. I mean, I literally would sit in prayer for whatever my, you know, whatever time I had allotted for that day and just weep sometimes or just say, God, I can't feel you. I can't feel you. I don't know what is going on here. Um, and he reminded me of this scripture that he'd showed me so long ago. Um, Job 42, verse 8. And my servant Job shall pray for you. This is God speaking to the people who had his naysayers, his friends that had come against him and really torn him down through this trial. Um, God said, for my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right like my servant Job. So God told those people, he said, God, Job is going to be your intercessor. He's going to be the one that makes the sacrifice for you, and you go to him because he hasn't done anything wrong, and you've said he did, and I'm not going to accept you, I'm going to accept him. Verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job, which he prayed for his friend. When he prayed for his friend, I think I copied that down wrong. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friend. Job, you can't tell me that Job could stand there and say, God, I still don't like them. I hate these people, but bless them anyways. Bless, bless them anyways. Job had to have a moment of real forgiveness. There had to be something break inside of him that said, not only do I forgive you, but I'm going to pray for God to bless you and for God to accept you again. And when he did that, God turned the captivity of Job, took it all away, took away the pain, gave him twice as many kids, gave him twice as much land, flock, everything. And through this dry period of mine, the only time, looking back, that I remember feeling the Lord at all, literally, was when I was praying for other people. And the sad thing was I didn't do it enough because I felt so dry and ugh, just horrible. It was so hard for me to find in myself the words to pray for someone else when I felt like the blessings of God were shut off. Not just the blessings, but the presence of God. And a few weeks ago, the Lord, I feel like, gave me that moment in prayer for someone else. My hand was on their back. And I'm telling you, it was not somebody that I loved with all my heart <laughs> at the moment. They were someone who had caused me trouble. 
had caused me pain, had caused me to have issues walking. And as I prayed for that person, I found myself sobbing. I mean, the ugly cry. Ladies, it was the ugly cry. There was nothing pretty about it. Just sobbing. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture. So I challenge you. The Lord said it twice. And if you will allow that forgiveness to come. That's the sound of my life. Welcome to my life. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm telling you. It's about 11 of them. Um, 12 of them. So I challenge you to allow this prayer and this forgiveness thing to really sink in. And I think my time is probably up. I don't know that that flood can be held back much longer. <laughs> um, thank you. And I, I appreciate, again, the privilege of speaking to you. It really blesses me so much. So God bless you. And let's really take this lesson to heart and start praying more, more and more and more. He can do great things through us. Okay, God bless you.